don't have to worry about it. Don't come, don't come at me. Don't, don't, yo, you, yo, listen, right? Like coming at me, is that really the way to go? Like, is that really the way to go? Am I, am I the person that you want to like be the enemy? Like, what? No, like, this is all love. Yeah. Is, is that a love? Yeah, because right. we want you to be a podcast teacher so that other people can use this medium to elevate their voices. Yeah, I'm not I'm not interested in that. <laughs> What up, folks? Three Times Dope Podcast on the check-in. We got some energy for y'all tonight. And yay, uh, yay. Yeah. <laughs> yay, yay. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, H. I'll be doing what be happening on this podcast, but hey, whatever, man. We're just gonna capitalize. <laughs> so so um first and first and foremost, man. So we got this uh we got this Russell Wilson situation that's happening. Uh, in, in the in the in the news media, uh, let me lay it out because this is this is this is different. Um, so there was an article that was written um in the Huff Post, right? Uh, Huff Post article, and it talks about um in defense of Russell Wilson and all square black men, right? So I feel like. Before we can even talk or even unpack this article, uh, we got to talk about or or clearly define what it is to be a square black man or to be a square man, period, right? And so this article is written by uh, Stephen A. Crockett Jr. He's an opinion editor. He's written things for uh, Y Post and and uh, the Root or whatever. But um, yeah. So before we even jump in, like. What is a square, bro? Like, what, what, what exactly is a square? H. What, what is a square? What, what what's happening? <laughs> so first, I bring you greetings. Um, we didn't say hello. We just jumping right. Yeah, we're in. not doing that anymore. No we just jumping right in. Man. We gotta get no. the content. No, because I deserve content. Like, no, like what? You can see. Hey, you can center how you feel in your in your final thoughts. <laughs> That is right. That's not right at all. We are a place that's supposed to value community and yeah. right now. Reading. We haven't all been together in a while. So I'm glad to see you. I'm glad to be here. Okay, now we can get into the topic. Yeah. Um, I'm perfect. So a square. I think, yeah. you know, I don't really like the way that we um, kind of use this language in to define like a negative kind of thing. I think mm. I think people think of square as somebody being who is corny, somebody who's yeah. like not cool, someone who may like in DC we would call them like a Bama, right? Yeah. But I don't yeah. like the way that the particular article frames around like what it means to be like a black square male, because I think yeah. that there's this thought about like all of these characteristics and these traits that we have villainized in relationship to black and white black relationships with black black men and black women we yeah. look for as valuable in other relationships right you want somebody who like is 
focused and works hard and doesn't party and all of these things that they describe as the problem or the square, they make it seem like it's unattractive in black relationships, but it should be desirable in white relationships. And so while you named the article, the person who wrote it, I want to name like he's a white man talking about why black. No, nah, actually he's not he's not he's he's he, he white he might be white passing, but he I don't think he's I don't think he's white age. I don't think anybody I you know listen, I got some very evolving thoughts around who gets to hold court around black men and black women issues. Let's and go, H. I, you know, I'm, and I'm, I'm evolving in the way that I think about that, but I don't need anybody else telling me what makes me want to tick and flock to other people. Um, it might yeah. be nice yeah. to talk to black women around the things that they find interesting and attractive and to stop making it seem like he's some kind of bad guy because he is caring for, valuing, protecting, and loving his woman whoever she yeah. is, whether she's Sierra or Shanene, that's not the way, it just feels more destructive around how we are creating a story around who our men are and what they value yeah. in relationships instead of looking at the traits and not who they are. Yeah. Folks, if you're with us tonight, check in with us. Let us know you're here. Let us know where you're tuning in from or whatever. Uh, get in these comments uh, and let's go. Uh, so Doc, man, so here's somebody it. might say Doc was square, or you were square. Like, what does I'm that definitely, mean? I'm, I, yeah, I'm no square. But Doc, go ahead. I mean, I think for me, as I was reading this when uh, when it was shared, uh, I for me the key moment was reading the article and it talked about um, like pushing an archaic narrative and cultural disdain about black maleness and the faux gas proximity to both femininity and whiteness. And when I when I read that, I was just like, one, I didn't realize what Channing Crowder said was, I didn't really get why it was news because you're Russell Wilson. Who fuck cares what Channing Crowder says, number one, like as a football you know, player, you're trash compared to Russell Wilson. <laughs> so let's start with that. Yeah. Two, yeah. Russell Wilson, has lived a different experience as a black man, but he's also experienced the same ways that white supremacy frames black quarterbacks as any other black quarterback in America, right? The way they question his ability to read defenses early on in his career, all these other things. So he experienced the ways in which whiteness frames the intellect required to be a quarterback. Russell Wilson experienced that. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, and I'll admit, I haven't watched the whole podcast that he made these comments on. So I want to be fair in that. I wonder, and now I want to go watch it. I wonder what the other brothers on the podcast actually said to him. Because that's they didn't the part- agree. Oh, they didn't, they didn't agree. They, no, 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 they didn't agree. No, that was just that was just his insight, right? And I, and I feel like, I, 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 but I, I feel like my, my thoughts on this, man, are that. Uh, when we think about like what's a square and what's a not, what's not a square, and we're thinking mm. about like just the black community in general, yeah. it's just a toxic depiction of like how we show up and 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 who we show up for, right? And it just it it brings all types of like negative and like nasty to me at the fact that like we got to show up as like thugs and and sure. whatnot in order for yeah. us to not be squares, like. 
I don't want to. I'm not raising my son to have to go through the shit that I had to go through. So if he's Facts. being raised as a square, then Facts. hey, then I, I'll take that. I'll own that all day, right? Like yeah. kudos to me for like him not having to yeah, experience bro. the types of trauma yeah. that I had to experience yeah. growing up in terms of like in terms of like being in survival mode all the time. Like who the fuck yeah. wants to do that all the time? Like who wants to have to survive all Same. the time, exactly. right? Right. And, it's, and, and, that, and, it's, and also, Ray, what does that say when we always talk about protect black women if the expectation is that they shouldn't be with men who are safe or protect them or who are kind or tender or gentle, right? Like if we yeah. frame these but kinds it's a, it's of a different age. It's, it's a different kind of protection. It's a different yes, kind of protection, exactly. though, right? Like, yes. like a, a, a like somebody who is considered a quote unquote square is going to protect you differently than somebody that is cons not considered a square, right? That's like, right. That's right. I don't want to. You you're not going to be in no hood with no gun and whatnot, like, and, and we like hell no, we're going to be in the suburbs with uh, an alarm, and the police is going to want to come. The police going to want to come and solve the crime. Like, damn that. <laughs> like, yo, I want man. Listen, I want crime solved. Right. If yeah. something ever happened to me, I want the crime solved. I don't want no hood coming in and talking about no hood justice or nothing like I'm a square. I'm a square then. Because I want yeah. your ass to go to jail if you do something to me. Well, that's a, that's a different topic. But that's a different topic <laughs> for another show. <laughs> we are not supporting incarceration. No. We don't want to do that. That's yeah, not we don't want to do that. No. Yo, hey Doc, man, put that shirt up. Let me see what's going on over there, man. Look like you got some. Yeah, shout man. Out, shout out, black women. women. Just for... yeah, for sure, yeah, man. man. That's a dope shirt, bro. I love so, walking so... in the mall when when I have it on, and people just be looking like. And yeah. at that point, I go from being a book nerd to that dude yeah. from Detroit. Like, you got something you want to say about my shirt? Yeah, yeah. Like you, yeah. Because you know the look that people give when you have your shirt on. I, I I enjoy that. I actually enjoy yeah. the moment when you walk in the store and they just look at like, yep. Especially yeah. when I walk in with my with my kids. That's what's up. Hey, and you got something me. on too? What you got on? What, what, what's that? What's my happening? Shirt says um, get lit. Thinking about literature, reading, books. Oh. Get lit. Yeah. The other kind of. That's lit. what's up. Oh, I, I yeah, thought that I was nerding it up. Kind of I appreciate that. Right, nerd oh, wow. wearing it up. Yeah. Um, so it, it went on to talk about. So so, but then you, you got to think about it like this, right? And we're gonna pivot away from this, but I just want to want to say this last piece and see how you guys react yeah. to it, right? So you got somebody like Russell who is there taking care of his kid, taking care of somebody else's kid, also saying like, "Don't worry about filing no child support or anything. I got this. Like we got this, right? We 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 don't need that or whatever, right? Like just manning up, right? Because you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of folks in our community that take care of other people's kids, right? And and then and they become their kid. They become the if, if they're involved with that with, with that lady, then that becomes their child, right? Mm -hmm. And so you know, uh, shout out to black men that stand up. Shout out to all men that stand up and right. and stand in, right? Blocking cover for for those that may not be able to do the things that they need to do. But then here it is. We have Future, who is you know the the, the, the father of her, her, her first dude, and he shows up as hella toxic, bro. And so, and like you know, people gravitate towards that. People gravitate towards that energy. And I, just, I, I don't, I, I don't get it. It ain't for everybody. I mean, I just, I, I just found the article to be like, uh, 
they didn't spend enough time talking about how the other brothers responded. Now that you tell me that they responded, yeah, I, I would have loved to have heard that. And you know, maybe it's on me as the consumer to do my part and go and actually listen to the podcast or whatever it was. But I, I when I saw that, I was like, well, that would have made a better. That would have been a, a more interesting article. Yeah, and but I was just thinking to myself, like, well. It reminds me of the comments that a lot of uh, that I hear because I don't know any of these cats. So I want to be clear of people who <laughs> talk about Steph Curry and how yep. Steph yep. Curry is this and that and the other. And I'm sitting here listening to some of these cats and I'm like, some of these NBA players are actually children of NBA players, of NFL players. Y'all ain't grow up the life that I grew up in Detroit. So why? And again, are y'all going to say the same thing a lot about LeBron James' son? About Dwayne Wade's son? Like, they grew up with a lot of privilege. I ain't knocking yeah. it. Yeah. And it and don't it, mean that they square. It yeah. just means they experience the world differently from some Black men. But, like, I yeah. ain't knocking it. So. And it also makes me wonder, like, where is the framing in reference to how men are presented mm. and what, how that works with women. Because mm. the thought of women flocking to some particular kind of man, um, whether he's a square, right. or soft, whatever, it always makes me think about what kind of relationships and what kind of messages we think black women are deserving of. And, and too mm. often we think that they are deserving of a toxic male, violent, protecting like we have this over masculine toxic like we don't deserve to be with partners who are allow us to be safe and, and soft and and can be tender with us and and not so uh, feel like they have to transfer the ways that they show up in other spaces in their relationships and to describe that as square as though it is something that is negative and and not something that black women are deserving of and black men are deserving of too right i wouldn't want to imagine the kind of pressure that our boys are under to feel like they have to show up in one kind of way if that's not <clears throat> who they want to be or, or what they think they should have to be in order to like get the girl, right? And we have to like name these patterns and so that we can discuss them and then potentially name them when we see them in order to break them instead of kind of just mocking it and making fun of like, oh, she's with a square, he's with a square, he should be a thug, she should be a thug because it's, it's, it's not okay. I don't think it's right. I don't like it. Yeah, but hey, that's that's a, that's a different that's a different conversation. That's a different conversation too, and that's a different episode. Because I, I just I just I couldn't see myself with a thug miss. Did you call her a thug miss? You say that, and you and that may be your choice. But there are lots of men who are involved with wild women. Who yeah, and, I, and I'm saying I'm, what I'm what I'm saying to you is that I couldn't do that. I couldn't be me. <laughs> I could. I, I, you would you would see me at a at a Glorilla uh, at a <laughs> Glorilla. <laughs> you know, you say that, but you listen to YSL and Glorilla. You I know, do. I like. And I, and you, hey, I like. And, and I like. I like. I like Glorilla in my car, but not at like a concert. <laughs> you're 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 like a <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, I'm with that. I'm with, I'm with, I'm with, I'm with that. I'm with, with that description, right? Doug Life for Jason, right? So, all right. So, man, next topic 
is um take it back to the office. Take Fuck it out. back to the office. So so we got some of these uh some of these corporate folks uh that are that that are uh expending their energy and they want y'all asses back in the office, right? So for people like me <laughs> that were never uh, able to like leave the office or whatever, right? This will really apply to me. So I'm just like <laughs> It's hilarious. But uh for you folks that gotta go back in and sit your asses down again, right? Uh how 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 what are we thinking? Nothing? That right there. <laughs> the silence. <laughs> that like sitting there looking at the screen, like Yeah. But see, but 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 so in thinking about that though, right? It's like I feel like this. I feel like if the productivity was the same. Correct. In terms of like, if you were home and you were working from home, right, and now uh, you're in the office, and it may even be lower productivity because of all of the influences and all of the things that happen <laughs> in in a work environment that kind of steer you from like doing your work, right? And so I think that if if you were doing this, if you were doing the same thing in terms of like you know doing your work, then you should be able to work from home. You should have the option. But, but how do you quantify that in a work environment? And like, how do you, like, what, what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, I think it, it comes down to the motivation, right? Like, do we want offices to be back open because people feel like they can't control and be the boss without seeing Asked. and watching what people are doing? Um, mm. I think that's problematic. I think people who need to be supervised, um, I think it can show a gap for what the boss or what the manager or what that team leader can be able to do. I think if you talk about productivity, if the goal is to get the work done, I don't care where you get the work done, right? Like I think about students who I've had who like didn't want to sit at the desk. You want to sit on the floor? Hey, boo, whatever makes you work. Can you get that done? The goal is to get it done. The goal is not for me to control your body and make sure you're doing it this way so I can like oversee you and do all of these things. I do recognize, though, that when we think about the economy, there is a relationship between some small businesses, cleaners, sandwich shops, coffee shops, things that have been created to thrive and who that need like the bubbling business of folks who are back in the office. But we can't address that by creating more problems. And we know that families still have issues with childcare that there are issues yeah. of gas prices, that there are issues around COVID leaves, that there are issues around before and after care, that a lot of programs that used to be free and available aren't. And so we can't just say, come back to work and forget the ways that that impacts all of those other things and just say, this is people who like don't want to come to work and, and not be micromanaged. It also means we need to be reflective about a lot of the time that was wasted, right? Like yes, so many yes. people in work spaces yeah, would yeah. come in early to get work done because they were constantly interrupted by folks or who had to stay late because they couldn't sync up schedules. There are some things that allow us in virtual hybrid models to be more efficient, to share calendars, to link or to do meetings on Zoom, to share notes. I see more collaborative work now than I had yeah, before yeah. we were like in the office. Um, yeah. So I think I think there's pros and cons to it, but the thought, I guess, to me, what what I don't like is this whole like COVID is over, we can go back to how it used to be, because like that's crazy talk. There are still yeah. I probably know more people who have been sick in the last two weeks than I yes. had. In the last yes. Two weeks. 
So yes. I know, like, we want to talk about how we can bring folks back and stimulate the economy and increase morale and address these gaps around home and work. Then let's discuss that. But let's yeah. not say, oh, oh, we just get back to how it used to be because it's not. And that's that's no, that's 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 that's, that's hard facts, <laughs> right? That's right. You're right. You're absolutely right, man. I'm starting <laughs> to see people get. I'm actually starting to see people get sicker than they were. Um, yeah. You know, so it's like I, I don't know what these different strands are doing. I don't know. You know. <laughs> I don't know what's happening, <laughs> but I'm scared for yeah. folks. Um. So yeah, that's definitely something to think about. I already know, sir. What 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 are you thinking about? Uh, back, in terms of difficulty. Uh, um. I I think. You know, for me, um, when whenever I hear people talk about going back to the office, um, I always say, but why? Like, why do you like, do you want to watch me work? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, 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 for what? Like, what? And the thing is, is that the way I've seen it is they're staggering people going back to work. So everybody's not going on Mondays and Tuesdays or some companies and, and nonprofits are having these random schedules. And I always say to folks, so let me understand. If I'm on a team of 40 people, 10 of us go into office every day, Monday through Thursday. So that means all 40 of us are in the office, generally speaking. But that means we're still going to be doing the same thing we're doing at home because all the meetings are still going to happen on Zoom. So I'm going to sit in the office to have meetings on Zoom. <coughs> like, why? COVID ain't over, number one, as someone who just came out of COVID and had to take my baby to the uh, ER because he had a temperature of 103 and 104. Like, I'm a firm believer in COVID. I mean, I was a firm believer before, but like when it hits your youngest child yeah. and you can't protect them, like, that, that hits you different, right? And... I, I, I'm, and we're losing our ability to manage it because now the CDC has relaxed all the requirements too. So like yeah. now there's no, well, the government says X. So we need to follow their advice because now the government is like, all right, well, y'all just go do what y'all gonna do. Um, I, I don't, and again, context is important. Yeah. And you know, I can't get out of the show without talking about nuance, right? <laughs> <laughs> I have to talk about nuance. And nuance in this case is about context, right? It depends on the type of job you have. One of my mentors is an amazing director of IT. And I was talking to him one day. I'm like, oh, how you doing? He's like, man, we're spending more money recruiting and hiring because we're spending uh, less time on figuring out how to retain them by allowing them to stay home. And he's like, most of these people that, that work for me, they do IT stuff, like with computers. Like they don't need to be in a mainframe. They work on computers. Why do they need to be in the office? And he's saying that in the tech, in, in IT and STEM and tech and all these other places, that when they're forcing tech folks who do their work mostly on a computer back into the office, it's plenty of other tech companies that are like, oh, for real? Like, come work over here. You can work from home all you want to if your level of productivity is there. So he's saying that it's been more difficult to find, to backfill a lot of these roles because when people leave 
and because of the nuanced work that they do in his department, it's a specific type of person that he can hire to do that role. So I think it's having some impact in ways that people either didn't anticipate or don't care. Some of it, I think, is generational, too, where at least in my experience, I have found older people who have leadership roles are the ones who drive these things. And there's a particular nonprofit that I won't name, but they tried this whole thing. Well, when people come back to the office, we'll, we'll provide lunch. And I remember one of my people hit me up and was like, I can cook my own food at, when I'm at home. Like, well, that's not an incentive for me to drive from my house to downtown DC to go sit in an office where we've also had rampant COVID happening. Yeah. Like, why, why would I do that? So I just think that. Yeah. Uh, hey, but listen, I hear, I hear all that. Right. And, and what you're saying is 100% like facts and, 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 and I love the testimony. However, I am uh, uh, personally drawn to these companies that give you like yogurt and like in and, 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 <laughs> <laughs> and water. Yeah, and give you and give you all the good man. Yeah, listen, that's why I'm trying to move to ed tech, bro. Listen, they they treat you right. There's a reason why people don't be wanting to go home and they stay in there all night. I'm telling you, I'm trying but to get into ed tech, man. They take care of you. There's something else too, I think that I just thought about. It's both that, and I wonder how much of the ways we have evaluated and determined what successful work looks like has mm. not been dependent on productivity. And so mm. lots of folks don't know how to evaluate you and your work if you're not in there beside them every day, right? If you don't have a pleasant mm. attitude, if you don't like send the card around. And so I think too, there's this challenge for leaders, bosses, managers. I mean, I think about tons of school leaders who had trouble giving feedback to teachers virtually, right? They were used mm. to all of the things that you just pick up on in the classroom and all of those things that you have to kind of be in it to see and, and ways that there were these disconnects between what high quality teaching looked like or what high quality work looked like in a different space. And so I also wonder, there are lots of people who get high quality evaluations that don't have anything to do with their productivity. There are lots uh, of people. It sounds like you're naming that. It sounds like you're naming that from experience. Hey, what's happening, baby? No, no. I, mean, I think <laughs> all together, because we also know that there's lots of people who do trash work, who don't get yeah. the feedback that they need in order to get better. Right. Facts. And so it yes. makes me think. If we yeah. have, where are the opportunities for us to evolve what we think it means to evaluate, assess, and give feedback in non, in my big pod setting so that mm. bosses, managers, and leaders can do a better job of that? Because if the only way I can tell if you're doing a good job is if you're sitting mm. right beside me or in the office across from me, that's a problem. And if that mm. is the motivator to bringing people back to work, then, then we're doing it for all the wrong reasons, which is why folks are leaving. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and so there's a new term, uh, and, and uh, and, and Simmons, you may have to be on the lookout for this, you know, in your nonprofit work. It's called quiet quitting. I think I'm gonna write a blog about it quiet. later this week. Quiet quitting, and so basically, basically, Wait, hey, let me before you finish that, I'm gonna give yeah. you, a, I'm gonna give you a right anchoring ism. This is something yeah. I would say. <laughs> quiet quitting 
It's all those trash teachers that don't do no work. Facts. Facts. Yeah, but let, let me let me let me let me explain with quiet quitting. So quiet quiet quitting, uh, based off of the article that I read, is basically when you sign on to a job in order to do a specific job, and then all of these things are kind of then added to your plate in addition to it, right? And so quiet quitting is basically the refusal to do the additional things that are not in your contract, the additional things that are uh, that you're expected that, that you're expected to do that you're not being uh, compensated for. So that, that's what quiet quitting is. And so what? folks are starting to yes, yes, bro. It is a thing, man. That's wait, a thing wait, now. Wait, wait, wait. Let me, yes. let me first of all. Yeah. First of all, man. <laughs> Look, look, man. <laughs> this <laughs> you well, you know, you know where it's coming from. <laughs> Here's the thing, right? When you're a salaried employee, you ain't getting paid like you work at the plant at the stamping in Detroit, like some of my homes. Yeah. So from nine to five, when you working on the line. And shout out to all my homies in Detroit working uh, in in the plant, right? They, like, this is my job from nine to five to put rivets in holes. Mm -hmm. That's it. I don't have other duties as as a sign. I just don't. But when you have people who are salaried workers and not, I'm almost positive. Most salary jobs have other duties as a sign. Of course. Almost positive. Yep. If your other duty assigned says you need to work on this project that intersects with your work, or it does not, and we think you have the skills to take this on one day a month or whatever it is, so what? It's outside of your job description. Like we only, when I was a classroom teacher, I'll never forget Mr. Jordan, Arnett Jordan, my first principal comes in my classroom. As a matter of fact, he was one of your fat brothers, uh, Ray. He came in and he says, and he out on his big uh, uh, Omega Sci-Fi hoodie. It was a Friday. And Mr. Jordan says, uh, Simmons, uh, what time you leaving today? I said, well, I mean, the bell rings at whatever time and <laughs> I'm leaving. Like, yeah. like, I don't, what do you mean? He says, uh, you got bus duty today. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, what? Like, it's Friday, bro. Like, what are you talking about? But guess what? My mama raised me, right? Because my mother is a librarian in the Detroit Public Library System. I saw her many a days come home late from work because she had others' duties as a sign. And the reason why she did those other duties as a sign, and to this day, she will always say this, because somebody had to love those Black children in Detroit public libraries to make sure they had access to one of the most powerful tools of liberation, a book. So for me, when I think about folks in the nonprofit sector, social work, teaching, et cetera, how dare you tell me something like that how dare you say that because like what do you mean like 
Doc, come on, man. You you capping right now, bro, because these teachers unions have been doing this shit for years. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Not a two way. Can I finish before y'all go on y'all anti-union rant? I'm not I'm not talking about the union. I'm talking about individual behavior of people in general. In social yo, service. Yo, he, hey, he cleaned that shit up. He clean, he cleaned that up like he coming back to run schools or something. Like, <laughs> he might. Oh, no, I want to Ah. I'm not getting. I, I'm not getting, going down this rabbit hole because you know H. What? Don't get on the. Don't get in his uh, Cadillac <laughs> with the music turned up, riding on his listening to Glorilla. Yeah, hey. Where Nay? Hey, if Nay is in this audience, I know Nay know what what uh, FNF is. I know it. Yeah, um, no. what uh. So we got some comments in here. Let's let's see. Uh, so Marissa, Marissa's like COVID is not over. That's fact. I think fact. Marissa's still on her tour boat. She's on her uh, her cruise boat in the Caribbean, kicking it with us. So thank you, Marissa, for for oh. for, uh, for coming in. Um, El Michelle Johnson. She says my daughter graduated in two thousand and has not had an in person job. Uh, she wouldn't know how to act in the office every day. You're right, and it's not because she hasn't been in the office. It's because she's your daughter, El Michelle. Um. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta come for her. She come for me all the time. So I gotta come for her. All right, um, Toya, like to share this. Appreciate you, Mama Toya. Um, where's Nay? Nay is uh, early in my career, pre-COVID. I had a job that would order us dinner and take a black car home. I know what? those jobs. I know those jobs. If we went home after dark, very late on the break. Yes. Listen, bro. It's these jobs, man, like these certain jobs that just take care of you so well. It's like you don't ever want to leave. And then when you do leave, you go home in a town car. Yeah. Nice. But, I, but that's probably not the the people that are quad quitting. Um, and what it looked like was like a Gen Z kind of thing where folks yeah. feel like I should get yeah. paid for what I do. They are often in spaces where their managers or supervisors are doing less than them aren't leading them and many of them are shifting the other work away. And so I do think that there is, you know, we got a part of balance is finding a nice sweet spot. And so I would never want to work at a place where I feel like any minute that I did something that was beyond what I was supposed to do, I needed to write it up and put in a receipt for it. Right. But I also don't want to feel like every time, um, all the time that, that there are folks who are going above and beyond time and time again. If you have folks who you are consistently asking to step in and fill in a gap, then that might make you think there's some other need that you want to address. This isn't just a Friday of CIAA and lots of teachers are gone, so can you step in and do an extra lunch or duty for me, right? Hey, hey, what, what is that? You, you talk, you're talking a foreign language to me. What is this CIAA, uh, well, HBCU what foolishness? What is this HBCU foolishness you talk if we, If you have a job, if you're a leader, a manager, the boss, and you are consistently yeah. asking people to step mm -hmm. in all the time to fill in a gap, then that's less about can you go above and beyond in this moment and some kind of mm -hmm. system structural gap. This is not yeah. like the Friday or the, fr the, the Friday before winter break when you already know your teachers or staff that's from out of town 
are going to be leaving where you are, right? This isn't yeah. can you step in for this one thing? We got a lot yeah. of heat happening between these two schools. Simmons, can you assist us with bus duty? If I'm asking people who work for me every day to do something beyond what they're supposed to be doing, then I yeah. got to look at myself and say, well, where's the gap? Maybe yeah. I'm not planning for this. And if, I, and if I'm going to keep doing I need to address it or compensate people. Yeah, but there's way there's ways to compensate people that that that, that doesn't involve uh, monetary uh, gain. You, sure. You, you, but if the yeah. article was about if the article focused on accountability. No, I'm just I'm just, saying, I'm just saying I'm just saying I'm just yeah, you know, I'm, for sure. I, yeah. I think yeah. I think what makes it messy is quiet quitting and like why does it got to be yeah. quiet? And if yeah. you've got people asking you to do more than you should be doing and not respecting your time and not respecting you by compensating you, then why you got to be quiet about it? Where is the loud accountability to ask people, why do you keep asking me to do these things? Is there a hey, gap? How can I help? We need to empower hey, people. Where did yes. this article come from? Like, Because I'm, I'm trying to think of how I stumbled upon it because I don't really oh, look no. at shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, when I first saw it, I thought it was quiet quitting. I thought it was the thing we talked about before, where we got folks who take jobs, sign contracts, and then don't show up. Like that's some cowardly, yeah. crazy stuff, right? That's not what that. Like I don't like that. Like if you don't want to be here, don't be here. Don't sign the paper. Get us all juiced up. Make a yeah, little T-shirt and put a name tag on the door for you if you're not really trying to be about the work. But if you're talking about, I think we need to talk about how we're holding folks accountable. If you got bosses who are asking you to do something that you shouldn't be doing time and time again, they're not addressing it. They're not encouraging you. They're not giving, holding others accountable. Then there's another conversation. This is all about poor leadership, poor management, poor bosses. Yo, hey, Simmons, are you, yeah. are you uh, sponsoring this MKL conference, MKL convening uh Male educators of color. What is that? I'll send it to you. Dre just sent it to me. Shout out Dre in the comments. Alpha chapter Dre. What up? Um, where we at? Uh oh, see, I knew it. Nay is FN free. Glorilla. I'm sorry, I don't participate in that. I'm not sure what that is. Here it is, right? I'm telling you, like this woman be coming after me, man. I'm telling you, but it's all right though. I, 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 I love her. That's my people. All right. Uh, um, uh, my principal used to uh, leave on early Thursday for a hair appointment. Shout out your principal, <laughs> because I, I uh, teach you every Friday. Yeah, shout out your principal, um, Michelle. Listen, ain't ain't nothing like black 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 girl magic, man. <laughs> we, hey, let's gotta that's, name that. But again, that felt that's like I don't want to say bartering, but sometimes you gotta negotiate, right? Yeah, you gotta figure out what's the best. Ain't way this to a make part it. of self care though? Ain't 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 this a part of self care? What? Getting your hair when done? You like getting your hair done? Like I posted something about a mani pedi, like thirty two dollars down the way. Maybe, but but for some people, self care is is having boundaries and not feeling taken advantage of by asking yeah, them to do something that they shouldn't do, right? Self-care does not have to be connected to some kind of thing, some kind of experience. It can just be, here's a boundary that I've set that I want you to respect and keep. And shout out to that principle too. I think that that takes a lot of courageous leadership because there are a lot of people who wouldn't do that. And, um, yeah, but you, you know, know why I, they wouldn't do it? Because it because, <laughs> because, because it's not because it doesn't benefit for the kids, but because it's about power and control, which gets back to what we talked about. 
If I want to control you and tell you when I'm highlighting your name when you sign in a book, yo, be here. And if you are continuously late, understand the impact that that has on other people. Have a conversation. Just don't, you know, sign in in the wrong place. Like, we got to stop policing folks and start leading folks. So, 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 Rob, have you, have you? I, I don't want to put you on the spot, right? I'm not. So, I'm, I'm gonna rephrase this, and I'm gonna make it. Well, put me on the spot because you just already started that way. I, I know. So, I'll just venture to another topic, and then I'll come back. To no, it. let's and keep going, going now, bro. Like, no, I, I, have you? So, so, have you? Have you ever gotten a, a pay for your own mani petty? Yeah, man. That do you feel like that's self care? Yeah. And, and how much you I, and here's to... the thing, right? Yeah, yeah, I learned about that form of self care from my late uncle John, who passed away with colon cancer. And one day, uh, he, he, him, and my aunt picked me up, and they were like, "Oh, we going to lunch." Mm-hmm. I was like, "All right, cool," because I ain't had to pay for it, and they went to nice places too. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> I still lived in Detroit. Yeah, we went to this spot, and I'm like. Yeah, this says spa. Like, what what are we doing here? Like, she going in to get her nails done. Because at that point, I didn't know that... I ain't know nothing about men and Manny petties. I was like, oh, we we just waiting for her to come out? He was like, no, we going in. That was the first time I went in. And at this spa, they had food. Mm. It was like a whole experience. And I was like, yo, this, this is interesting. And ever since then... I believed in uh, every now and then get me a pedicure to make sure I get my dogs cleaned up because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you gotta can't be walking around raggedy uh, at the beach or at the pool or whatever. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, when you work hard, for me at least, it's like just just having somebody um, take care of your feet. Because I remember one of my mentor teachers always said to me, like, you need to take care of your feet as a teacher. Yeah, your feet and your. So I, so I got a cha- I got a challenge for you, right? So here's my challenge. So later this year, right, we're both going to be in Philadelphia, right? We're going to be at the Black Mel uh, Educator Convening with with our guy Sharif, right? I know for a fact Sharif does not take care of his feet. I've seen them, right? So the challenge. <laughs> 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 so so the challenge. Watching this, I hope nothing. I hope not. <laughs> so your challenge is to take my man Reef to get a pedicure, and I'm gonna pay for it. Absolutely not. No, oh, no. This had him. He's gonna pay for it. Somebody getting a pedicure. It ain't. It ain't. It? I I'd be willing to bet you uh, uh twenty dollars. It don't matter who paying for it or where you go. Sharif El Mecki ain't getting no pedicure. <laughs> I'd be willing to bet dollars to donuts. That that dude ain't getting no pedicure. He getting a pedicure like he getting a new pair of sneakers. Yo, hey, and, and them joints be on no tilt. He be, them joints be on tilt, man. Be, hey, listen, we we've got them wide body benzes. So, all right, next next pivot. I'm sorry, I got I had to smoke reef because he in this group chat talking shite. Um, so <laughs> co- corporate DEI is cap. I I think corporate DEI is cap. So like so that we there's an article of Rob. So. All right, you're a cor- you're you're corporate, and you're you know, you, you do this for a living. What what exactly is 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 DEI? I don't, I don't do DEI in corporate America. Let's be clear. What what? I'm sorry, you're you're DEI adjacent. I'm not DEI adjacent. I do social impact. Yeah. No. 
it's like social impact is in response to DEI. Correct. I would not okay. say I'm DEI that, adjacent. That's not adjacent if it's because oh. due to no DEI in corporate America is most often internal facing. I don't do internal okay. facing. However, so the yeah, I have a difference of opinion. Okay. I I think that it depends on how DEI is framed and what it's used for depends on the leadership because DEI in corporate America oftentimes can create formal networks for people to uh, get together and collaborate. Now, yeah, yeah, I, I don't necessarily think that DEI gives people who have experienced the world outside of corporate America what they need. What I mean is that you're seeing a significant number of educators leave education and go into either ed tech, some iteration of, of outside of or adjacent to K-12. And I, 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 I don't find that corporate DEI for many people meets their needs because they're coming from many systems where their needs are uh, met. Do I? So, bro. But. Bro. Yeah, go ahead. But. But I do think <laughs> that if yeah. you did not have DEI in corporate America. Yeah. I, I think that it would be a tremendous loss because then then what happens? Like then then where do you turn at moments when you need to have critical conversations about a lack of diversity in corporations, right? Like there has what to be- What are we having these conversations for? Are we having these conversations as a catalyst for change? Or are we having these conversations to save face? Because those are two totally yes. different conversations. I agree, but I think it depends on where you're at. I think context is important. Uh, do, okay. do, I, do I think that I don't. I don't necessarily think that universally I could say that about corp, DEI and corporate America. I think it. Bro, depends. so let's let's look at the numbers, right? The, the yeah. numbers in, in, in uh, yeah. the, so the the numbers in uh, Fortune 500 companies. So when you look at the amount of CEOs that mm -hmm. are in Fortune 500 companies, they're overwhelmingly white. Uh, mm -hmm. There's about six out of 500 of mm -hmm. those CEOs that, that that represent as black, right? Uh, no, I'm, I'm sorry, five. Five, maybe six, right? So that's less than 1%. So when you start thinking about CEOs of these companies, it's less than 1%. Bro, we're 13.5% of the population. Like, what the hell is going on? I, th I think at least give right. us at least give us a at least give us a representation of the population, at least. I, oh, I'm not, I don't deny that. Like, I, I think that that is fair, right? And I think that uh, at least in my experience in tech, I think that it also starts upstream where yeah. there needs to be, and this is where I hold myself accountable because of the work I do in social impact, which is we need to start from a social impact perspective in particular in tech, further upstream and stop investing so much money in like university type stuff. I'm not saying you don't do that, but like the percentage of black kids as an example, who pass gateway courses right and i use gateway loosely to get into stem programs is significantly lower than the rest of the population when it comes yeah. when you compare them to white and asian kids white and asian yeah. kids ain't no smarter in stem than black and brown kids they that's just right. they just aren't 
It's just that I find that when access and opportunity to, to high quality STEM experience is governed by your zip code, we continue to get the outcome that we get in tech where there aren't enough folks of color and black folks in going into uh, the uh, into the field. So I, I think that there's some complexity um, to all of this. Um, and, and I think, again, it depends on the leadership of who's running yeah. the DEI work in, in corporate America. And it depends on the leadership of the corporation, too. Bro, this makes me even more excited to have uh, my one-on-one with you, man. If you're listening to the Edgy Pierce podcast, you just heard that banger I just dropped. I'm dropping them <laughs> on the first and 15th because you know that's when black people get their check. So, um, yeah. I mean, I think the part of that article, too, is down at the bottom, which you didn't show, where they talked about most power structures within organizations are simply not motivated to fundamentally question, much less rebalance and restructure power. And so the part of the reason why a lot of these DEI efforts in this article that are named are not successful is because folks aren't actually trying to think about ways to make systemic long-term change. This isn't like we now have a celebration day or we, you know, and acknowledge pronouns, or this is like a one-time thing. We're talking about shifting ways that power has existed in places. And I don't know many people who teach other people how to take power away from them. And so it's more than just sessions and training. It's like resources. It's where people are putting their accountability. Like we talk about, you think about ways that different organizations or different companies have done these like, um, DEI like initiatives and now there's like all these multiracial you know new diversity images but if if you can only use that for your commercial but the percent of the people who are making decisions are still white male then you're not really representing diversity right that's not really equity and inclusion that is performative and in this article they talk about a lot of the ways that these things are just performative and if we can't think about DEI in ways that are bigger than just being performative, um, then we're never going to get there. And we have to understand, we have to name that part of the challenge is me taking away power that has never existed in this way on my end. And so to me, it, it doesn't, I can see why the numbers are so low. I can see why it's so challenging. I can see, but, but again, we got to be critical. And I, you know, if Doc is always talking about nuance and you always talking about shite, then I'm always talking about we got to be critical consumers. And we got to like act like we know that sometimes this DEI stuff is not really supposed to authentically make any change. That this is just an, in, how many, in what was it, June when everybody was wearing rainbows? Like how, how much diversity did you really put into empowering LGBTQ employees in your, in your, in funding programs and, giving internships and being critical about your pronouns and, and, and being thoughtful and being inclusive? Or are you just wearing, putting rainbows on your flag and on your shirt to like make it seem like we're all good and we really create a space where these folks are embraced and encouraged to show up and be themselves and be a part of our organization? Or is it just performative? If it's just performative, you can keep it. It's never going to make a difference. So I think, I, I, I think, and this could just be me, me and Ace just proved the point. Corporate DEI is cap. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but I yeah. listen, I think, yeah. 
Ah, so what you got to say about that, race scholar? I'm not in denial of 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 your assessment. I just think that context is important. I think that um, every corporation has a different way of navigating it, and I, I think that um, you know it it is. And here's the thing, right? I learned early on in my time in academia at predominantly white institutions. I ain't relying on no institution to save me as a black person. That yeah. so, so for me, yeah. I don't really give a fuck what the DEI setup is at a corporation. I know what I need to do survive, and what I, part of what I need to do survive is have people like you and El Meki in my network that I can call and get that nourishment and sustenance to continue yeah. to fight for liberation. I I'm not, yeah. and that's for me why I'm kind. I have a, a non-answer answer because I'm like. I'm yeah. not relying on a DEI program to make my experience in corporate America better. I'm relying yeah. on the village to help me navigate a system that I already know is fundamentally flawed and broken. But I also yeah. know that my role as the head of social impact in STEM programs <clears throat> is to do things to make sure that our babies have access to the resources, which is why we did chip camp at Norfolk State University, That's which right. is why we had 100 percent black and brown kids in Atlanta doing chip camp. Like for me, yeah. I'm like, yeah. well, all right, like I hear y'all on that, but yeah, this is why we and had it, a nonprofit leaders of color work. So for me, yeah. I I hear y'all, I don't disagree. I yeah. just don't exist in corporate America and feel like my survival is dependent on the quality or lack thereof of a DEI initiative. Like, all right, right. like yeah, yeah. So, but, but bro, that's why I bang, that's why I bangs with y'all. That's why every Tuesday I come to have have my cup run up over with with, with the knowledge, <laughs> and th and that's why I receive it the way that I receive it, right? And that's why I try to stay as far away from Reef as humanly possible. But listen, no, no more trolling, Reef. <laughs> we need more that's, black men. That's, that's, that's endless. That's <laughs> the thing though is, Doc, what you said is about you aren't trusting institutions for your survival, whether those institutions are corporations, schools, hospitals, police, whatever, right? We recognize that there is an, a gap in what we need. And when there's a gap, we should not just be relying on others to give it to us. We got to figure it out ourselves. So the That's same right. way that you're not relying on a corporation is the same way you wouldn't rely on your school in your community to just be the only people to give your sons books and educate them. That's the only way that they're going to see. No, that's not true, right? And so that village that you talk about, we need more of those villages in corporations, yes. in communities, at, on the block. When the institutions are failing. The block? Wait. Oh, that they, whoa. There are young men right now. I ain't going on no block. That's not true. There are young men right now who are making sure elderly women get to and from their cars. I've had right. brothers yeah, help yeah, make yeah. sure I got where I needed to be. They didn't have yeah. to. We so yeah. you know what I'm saying. We if if y'all if the police if the people won't put extra lights on this block, but I know that there's a brother around here who may be doing some other awful things. But when I need him, he's gonna make sure I'm good. Who's gonna tell somebody else to stay away from them, leave them alone, like. We got we we take care of ourselves too in those kinds of ways. And again, we got to think about when are we? It's not just enough for us to criticize institutions and say what y'all aren't doing. We have to mm -hmm. be able to say y'all aren't doing this, and here's how we'll fill in our own gap, <laughs> right? Yeah. I was I saw something that that we didn't that I didn't post, but they were talking about 
before Lyft and Uber, there was like a a, seer, um, a fleet of black folks who would transport other people like to Disney. and from. Like, oh, that's that's DC cabs. No, not like before that, Disney. like way back in the day. Like the, you don't think like I've been in Baltimore too, like a quarter or something a heck, like that. A heck. It's called a heck. Yeah, had a hat. Yeah, and yeah. What, tell me, tell, tell me about what that is. They they had them in. Uh, in Baltimore. Why? How you don't? How you not know what a heck is in Baltimore? I how? I, I I had a car. <laughs> Came back and forth. I didn't. Yeah, like, but for those who don't know, tell the people this is an informative it's, it's, time. It's, it's 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 a form of transportation. Like when you was at the grocery store growing up in Detroit, you would have a jitney. It'd be somebody sitting out there, sitting on the uh, milk yeah. crate. They had their newspaper. If you ain't had no ride, you pay them like twenty dollars, five dollars, whatever. They put their stuff in, uh, put your stuff in their car. Off you go. Yeah. In Detroit, it was called a jitney. So, but what, in Baltimore, it's called a hack. And so, this is a universe. This is a universal yeah. system of the, un, the universal symbol of you need a ride, right? So you out, you like this or whatever, right? And so I was. It's funny that we should mention this about hex today, right? Because like I was thinking to myself, I'm like, yo, damn, what would have what would it have been in order for a black uh, social capitalist to uh, create an app for the for for the hex system in Baltimore? In order to capitalize on this pre-Uber, pre-Lyft, right? In order to like mainstream that, that could have happened, man. But like, sure. I don't feel like, damn, that could have happened. I don't want to say what I, what I was about to say. I just got right. just did this N-word right. show, and I don't want to uh, put myself on the cancellation trail <laughs> yeah. any, any further than what I'm already right? on. So. That's when the village stands up. That's when those were responses to high gas prices to 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 um, bus systems that weren't in the places where they needed to be, to grocery stores and places being outside of the communities and folks needed to get back and forth. And so the village found a way. And if we yeah. do more, and again, it's not just, that's why we got to have that balance. We got to be critical. You got to cultivate, you got you to cultivate the village too. Yes, we got to cultivate yeah. the village. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's conversations that you can have with them. There's some smart kids that 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 have created that 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 are on these corners that have left school for whatever reason they left school. A lot of times it ain't because they ain't have the intelligence to do it. There's, there's other Correct. factors that go into go into why they uh why they own these corners, and, and we don't. I don't feel like we put enough uh emphasis and in, in, into uh determining the why and the how in order to kind of you know. But hey, let's right. go into our closing thoughts. Uh. Dr. Nuance, we'll start with you. Uh, my closing thoughts is that uh, I'm thankful for all kindergarten teachers, specifically in America, because uh, our youngest starts kindergarten on Monday. And uh, he's just so excited. And um, he, uh, he uh, is ready for kindergarten. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little sad because I'm like, Damn, he's becoming a big boy and like he's gonna have to fend for himself in school and like you know like he, he's gonna have to make some decisions at five that you know I, I want him to be okay um and you know not every school leader um shout out to those that do but not every school leader is uh Ray Ankrum or Heather Harrison like so I think that for me because I know the two of y'all and cats like Reef who's led schools um, and, and I just, I have high expectations for people leading schools because of my village. So like, that's right. You know, but I also know, and I remember telling my, one of my homies is like, well, what you going to do if something goes down? I was like, I got a village that I just sent out a note to. And like, 
I mean, I tell my village, like, it's a meeting on Tuesday. Like, I'll pay for y'all to get up. down here. I just need y'all to pay for nothing. You ain't got to pay for nothing. Right. Pulling up. I need, pulling I need up. to support my baby. Because, again, I'm just yeah. excited. Uh, but I also know that my village got me. And uh, I don't know nothing about kindergarten because I wasn't a kindergarten teacher. So there are things that I learn all the time about, you know, like the damn supply list cost me $120. Like, bro, like, we need it. We could do a whole show. We could do a whole last show on that supply list. H, I feel like it's some embezzlement that's happening with these supply lists, man. And then also um, the uh, these clear lists and these and these uh, these. Yeah, I got I got some things to say. I'll say them tomorrow, though. Oh, yeah. uh, H, what's your final thought? So, you know, my final thought is 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 to think and to thank you two. Um, I had an idea about something and, you know, it isn't a, and, and I haven't fully crafted it out yet and something I shared with y'all. But every time I have a, a thought or an idea or a wondering, you all always create like you genuinely listen. You might laugh and troll me for a little bit, but there is always like, you know what? That's a good idea. Well, maybe not you, Doc, the, the other one. Um but I, I appreciate that. And I, you know, when you are successful as a leader and you've done a lot of stuff, it it, it can be hard to to share and to be like creative and thoughtful with people because people expect you to like already have it crafted out. And so I am just really excited about the thought and the ways that the way I'm thinking about things is changing just because of the connection that we have, because of the ways I am thinking about things, the way I'm engaging in conversations, the way I'm being aware of my positionality and what it looks like. And so my my shout out is to you both for being amazing co-hosts and for pushing me and for encouraging me and for um, always having my back. I think that's great. And I, and I wish that for everyone. Uh, if there are teachers, principals, school leaders, aides, if you don't have a Ray and a Doc in your corner, two people who you can trust, who will lift you up and 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 hold you accountable find them find them before the first day of school you'll need these people to keep you going when it gets rough yeah i appreciate yeah. that sis so my, yeah. my final thought is uh uh where am i gonna go with this final thought Make uh, it nice. My final, yo, my final thought is to is to our fans, to the people that show up here every Tuesday religiously. Right. Uh, when y'all when y'all don't, uh, the people that uh the show, <laughs> the people that show up here every Tuesday to support these shows every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Sunday. Man, shout out to y'all. Uh, we look forward to keeping this momentum, keeping things going, uh, keeping things energized. Uh, I, I'm in my creative spirit bag. So I'm always going to have something new and we always going to have something to talk about, right? Uh, so shout out to y'all for coming to kick it with us. Uh, we truly enjoy y'all uh, bring libations back. Um, that would fill my week up. Uh, so after I defend uh, sometime uh, early next year, I can't wait to, for libations to come back so I can get drunk on the air again and it be how it used to be, right? Um <laughs> But so uh, thank you guys for coming to kick it with us. We appreciate you. We'll see you next Tuesday. Peace. Holla.